0: It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. What a blessing to be able to open up God's Word, to come together on a daily basis and study God's teachings that He has communicated to us for our well-being, for our guidance, ultimately helping us to be prepared for eternity, pointing us in the direction of heaven. Boy, there's so much in the Bible, so much that God has revealed to us. Some of it is corrective. Some of it is in the form of warning. Uh, Some of it is even condemning if we continue to walk in the pathways that are laid out as being in a state of condemnation. But uh, even those particular places, he's there. He's given us those passages for our good, for our uh, well-being. You don't want to travel down a road with a bridge that is gone without a sign being there saying, bridge out. Just because there's no sign doesn't mean it's okay. You keep on going, you ultimately fall over the edge. God has put those warning signs in his word. Don't do this, stay away from here. You continue in this, it leads to eternal death, condemnation, Uh, that's for our good. That's for our warning, that's to protect us. And then there are so many passages that give us promises and encouragement and assurance and hope, the bottom line being our eternal salvation. Boy, God's Word is such a blessing, such a blessing for us to have it. And it's a blessing for us to be able to study with you from that Word each day here on Search the Scriptures. It's good to be here to study today with Dwayne Kennedy.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's good to be here with you and to be here with our Audience, thank you for sparing this space of time in your busy day and to study with us for a little while from God's Word. We look forward to this time, as hopefully you do, and let's enjoy it together. It's also good to be on the program with Dennis Stackhouse.
2: Thank you, Duane, and thanks, Gary. I'm certainly delighted to be with you both on the program today, as always. And I'd like to add my word of welcome to all those listening. We're certainly pleased that you've tuned in to search the scriptures. And we think that for the most part, you've certainly done that purposefully. And we're glad that you have done so. And as always, we'd like to encourage you to get your Bible out and to study along with us, to open up to the passages we'll be citing and using throughout the broadcast today. We hope that by doing this, as we say so often, you'll come to a greater understanding of God's will, of God's character, of his nature, and also understand what it is he desires from you, if you would be pleasing in his sight.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Now, fellas, we're going to uh, continue on through this, this series entitled Upward, Inward, Outward. We're talking about where do we find real happiness in life? where do we find that meaning that ought to be there for every one of us in our lives on a personal basis that fulfillment that direction that hope there's so much emphasis that that is is communicated in our society today on these matters and yet there seems to be so much groping around and so much unhappiness. Mm-hmm. Even with all of the supposed guidelines and suggestions and seminars and all of that, boy, it seems to be so elusive. It does. And yet God has given us the way. But you see, most of the seminars and the, the self-help books and the articles and, and all of those things, they're pointing in every direction but to God That's right. in mm-hmm. most cases.
1: Yes, unfortunately.
0: The, it's just not the
1: adequate wisdom that they're providing. Yes. It's human wisdom, and it's
0: not adequate. And so as long as you keep looking in the wrong directions, in the wrong places, well, you're apt to still not find that ultimate happiness. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing that we've said, and we've talked about these three lines of sight, look upward, look inward, look outward. First thing we've got to do is look upward, and that's what we're focusing on right now. Mm -hmm. And we'll bring that particular section of our study to a close in today's program. We've got to look upward and recognize that God is God, and He's not just some impersonal deity out there. God is our heavenly Father in the sense that He created all of humanity. Mm -hmm. He is our creator, Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so as such, we need to recognize that God is all powerful.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: That word omnipotent. We also noted that he is a God who is full of grace and mercy. He is absolutely holy. Holy. In fact, we find a couple of passages at least that use that particular term descriptively in repetition, Mm -hmm. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Yes. And it is an appropriate description, isn't it? Yes. God is also absolutely righteous. He is not only all powerful, but he is absolutely righteous in his being, in his nature, in his character, and in one particular passage I believe that you read, Dwayne, if I remember correctly, in all of His works.
1: That's right, mm-hmm. righteous in all of His works. Yes,
0: totally righteous. Everything John, that He
1: does all the time.
0: Yes, everything He does all the time. Never has a down day, does He? No.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't miss the mark nope. here and there. In fact, John the Apostle in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 says that He is light symbolizing righteousness, Mm -hmm. and in him is no darkness at all, no unrighteousness, Mm -hmm. totally righteous. Now, in our program yesterday, we concluded by talking about how God is the God of all grace. We spent a little time at the end of the program talking about about grace Mm -hmm. and how only by God's grace do we have the opportunity. That eternal life with him in heaven.
1: Right. That's right.
0: Now, grace is, as you put Dennis, unmerited favor. Right. Undeserved favor. It mm-hmm. is neither earned nor do we have it coming. Right. We noted from the passage in, in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, how because of sin in our lives, and Duane, I believe you pointed out that we all sin.
1: Right
0: that we are ungodly, Mm -hmm. that we are enemies Mm -hmm. of God while we're living in sin, and yet in that very state, God when we did not deserve it, had not earned it, could not expect it, through His love and mercy, God sent Jesus to die on the cross on our behalf anyway, and that's His grace.
2: You know that's so instructive Gary if you put that on a personal level and as individuals if we would ask ourselves the question how many of my enemies would I die for Hmm. if I had the opportunity to do that to do good to them I think probably in the vast vast majority of cases if we were honest we would have to say as human beings I couldn't do that, and yeah. yet that's exactly what God did
0: for each one of us. Now, you would say, I couldn't do that because it would make absolutely no sense. Right. Would it? No, it doesn't make sense. Dying for our enemies? hmm That makes no sense. But now we're talking about God, mm-hmm. and he is so infinitely above us in character. Mm that he understood, I'm gonna send my son to die for them anyway. Yes. And countless millions of people since have turned to God through his son as a result of God's grace. That's it. Yes, incredible blessing, incredible attribute of God. God of all grace. You know, the phrase, the grace of God is found just in the New Testament at least 23 times, just that phrase. Mm -hmm. That's not all the passages that talk about the grace of God, but just that phrase, the the grace of God is found 23 times in the New Testament,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: plus numerous other passages that refer to His grace. Well, God is also described as a God of mercy. In Psalm 59 and verse 10, what do we read there, Dwayne?
1: My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God, my, sh-
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: God shall let me see my desire on my enemies.
0: My God of mercy, again, one of those descriptive phrases that point to God. What about verse 17 there, Dwayne? To you,
1: O my strength, I will sing praises. For God is my defense. My God
0: of mercy. My God of mercy. Yeah, it, it's, it's really when you think about all these different depictions of God, these very descriptive phrases, God of all grace, the grace of God, God of mercy, awesome and holy is his name, or holy and awesome is his name. Uh, God, the Lord God omnipotent reigns.
2: You know, Gary, often when we introduce our program here on Search the Scriptures, we talk about the fact that we hope, as our listeners are with us on the program and do so on a regular basis, they'll come to understand the nature of God. And that's exactly what we're talking about in this particular lesson, the nature of God Himself.
0: Oh, you are exactly right. Mm Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, what does that say?
2: And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth.
0: That's not short on descriptiveness, is it? (laughs) Not in the least. (laughs) And every point is true. That's right. Absolutely true. Psalm 103 and verse 8, Dwayne.
1: The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy.
0: You know, the grace of God naturally points to his mercy and his mercy naturally points to his grace. And yet we might say, okay, there's some technical differences between the two and the grace probably goes beyond the mercy. But they the two of them go together.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. they
0: really do. And pretty inseparably so.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, we used... Uh, in in another study on grace, we used uh, something of a description along this line: that justice is when you get what you deserve. Right. Mercy is when you get when you don't get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. And grace is when you get goodness that you do not deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, God is a God of mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people don't like. To focus on that He's also a God of justice. Now one day maybe we'll do a study on that particular point as well. But all of those attributes apply to God totally. In Psalm 119 in verse 64, what do we read there?
2: The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me your
0: statutes. Now isn't that again so appropriate? Mm-hmm. The earth is full of your mercy. Right. All we have to do really is open up our eyes and look around us to see God's mercy all around us. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that some people, they're skeptics or they're agnostics, you know, they criticize, maybe some are outright atheists and they say, the mercy of God, God's mercy is all around. God, The, the earth is full of God's mercy. What about people who are starving to death? What about wars? What about famine? What about pestilence? What about people who have terrible debilitating illnesses what about people who are dying slow deaths through cancer or some something like that that's part of life yes Yes, it is but god's mercy is evident all around us Mm
1: -hmm. sure and much of those tragedies that you just named gary are part of man's decisions
0: yes and ultimately they track back to genesis chapter 3 when man rebelled against god right and became sin- sinful. That's right. Mm-hmm. Everything changed at that point. Mm-hmm. And the consequences and judgment of sin fell on mankind. That's right. Evil was introduced, ushered in by man. And the consequence thereof. Uh, and we've talked about that in, in previous programs as well. Now, so God is a God of mercy. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 36, what do we read there?
1: Therefore, be merciful,
0: just as your Father also is merciful. Duane, how do you suppose we would know how to be merciful if it wasn't for the example of God's mercy? I don't
1: believe that we could know that. We would be very selfish beings, and a selfish person knows nothing about being merciful.
0: I think the same could be said about love and grace. Yes, absolutely. How could, we, how could we say what love is except for God's example mm-hmm. of love?
2: You know, there's a passage in the Gospels, and I'm sorry I don't remember the exact reference, but in that particular verse, it's described for us that Jesus came to explain God, came to this earth in the form of man to explain God. And some versions may use a different word there than explain, but that's the essence of what it's saying. And, you know, that points to exactly what you're saying, Gary. How would we know what love or mercy or grace or any of these other qualities we could speak of are were it not for God and were it not for Jesus Christ coming to this world to make that evident to us?
0: On a mission from God. Absolutely. And... God the Son manifest in the flesh. Right. Exactly right. I would uh, think it would be a pretty dark world to live in without the examples of love and mercy and grace that we have from God to teach us how to love and how to be merciful and how to be gracious.
2: You know, and it's so important, Gary, what you're, you're touching on there, I believe. We have these examples from God, and as Christian people, we need to be very diligent to incorporate them in our own lives. You know, sometimes as Christians, I think we may have the impression that we have very little influence upon society. Well, I'm just one person. What can I do? Why? Well, if we took away the light and the salt that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 5 verses 13 through 16 that his followers are supposed to be. If we took that away, I can't imagine how horrible, how decadent this society would be without the influence of Christian people.
0: I would suggest to you that it would be almost unimaginable.
2: I think you're right.
0: How awful a place it would be. I think you're right. Now, let's move into this last section here of this particular part of our study. God is not only a God of grace and mercy and holiness and righteousness, but he's also a God of incredible love. Right. And all of this goes together. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, what do we read there? Beloved,
2: let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love.
0: And then drop down to verse 10 and read, read that, all, or 16 rather, and read that also.
2: And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him.
0: Now this simple statement, very direct and profound, God is
1: love
0: now we've talked about before numerous times on this on this program and we mentioned it just a few moments ago how do you define love how do you describe love except through the examples of god's love shown toward mankind Mm
2: -hmm. we need that
0: god is love very succinct very straightforward now because we understand love because of the love that God has demonstrated toward us, then we ought to exhibit, as you mentioned earlier, Dennis, that kind of love toward our fellow man, toward each other. That's right. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, how about reading further in that fourth chapter of 1 John verses 9 through 11?
1: In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another.
0: If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And there's the ultimate example of love. God sent his son to die for us.
2: And that statement is so simple, Gary, you cannot miss it.
0: Perhaps the most familiar passage of scripture in the entire Bible is John chapter three and verse 16. And how does that read Dennis?
2: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting
0: life. God so loved the world Mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. Now, when we turn to Romans chapter five, And we referred to this in our previous program, I believe. But let's read verses 6 through 10 here because this in detail talks about what we just read in very short form in John 3 and verse 16. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, how does that read, Dwayne?
1: For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely we shall be saved by his life."
0: While we were still enemies, while we were still ungodly, while we were still in a state of sin, God sent Christ to die for us. Right. In that way, he demonstrated his love for us. God is a God of incredible love, incredible love. It's impossible for us to say too much. Really, it's impossible for us to say enough about the love of God, but this just adds to it, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. He is our creator. He is omnipotent. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of holiness. He is a God of righteousness. He is a God of incredible love. Now, you know, in Luke chapter 15 and verse 17, we read a tur- about a turning point in the life of the prodigal son. He's wasted his father's inheritance. He's ended up in the pig pen longing for pig food to eat because he had so little. And then it says, he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he went back to his father and repented, didn't he?
2: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And threw himself in his father's mercy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the prodigal son came to himself. You need to come to yourself and you need to look upward in order to come to yourself. You cannot come to yourself and recognize your sin, recognize your state of spiritual destitution without looking upward and recognizing and admitting the awesomeness and the glory and magnificence of God, your creator. We'd love to send you this series of lessons for free And we'd love to send you that Bible study for free. All you have to do is contact us and ask for it. We wait to hear from you.